Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Keys. Hey, don't call me out first, because y'all about to leave me out on this entire situation. I don't want to hear it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's why we're late, because we were waiting on you to show up. Nah, don't blame me on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm Kings. All right. Here in the studio with me tonight is Kalechi KC Onyebuchi. Wakanda forever. God. And it really sounds like him, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean this sounds like him? <laughs> <laughs> the power oh, of the Black Panther oh, shall return. And the double champ. George G Money Stallworth. Oh, not him too. <laughs> see, I, I really feel left out now. Yeah, you see, you you're the only one who didn't 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 rep Black Panther. Oh, I always rep Black Panther, but that's a different story for a different day, sir. Okay, <laughs> trust me. Yeah, and 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 so, Mister 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 George G Money Stallworth is still on mute, so he is talking. But I he think cannot you are, be heard. Are confused. I am not on mute. And I was saying, oh, I could have represented the four two for Jackie Robinson. Chad, we both played Jackie in that movie. Mm. That's, That's right. Well, in that case, then I'm gonna ha I said, aha, I'm gonna represent James <laughs> Brown. Ha <laughs> Dude, that get on has up. played some iconic roles, hasn't he? he yes, has. he has. He has. The um there's another movie out, The Five Bloods. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I've been told it's really good, so I All suggest right. everybody go check it out. So you know, in honor of of uh you know of of Chadwick Boseman, uh, for those of you who are watching, tell us what your favorite role of his was. So go ahead and type that in the box. Let it know. We'll we'll pop that up later on in the show. All right, we got a great show for you guys. There is a, you know, I was gonna say there's a lot to talk about, but there really isn't. Um, so everybody's let's just hump. Everybody's back in the gym. Everybody's getting ready. We have, is it fair to say that we've normalized the, um, fighting again? Like it yeah. seems like we've, we've gotten back to normal. Yeah. There's not much of a difference from the, the cadence that we were at before. And I don't think that the empty arena is affecting fighters the way that it once was. I can't agree with that. I All think right. there was some. Fight. I think there was a couple of fights over the weekend that I could think of at least one fighter that was really affected, and it showed. He he just he just didn't have it. I'm excited to hear about that one. All right, that is a major major market teaser. Let's go ahead and get into the official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we talk about the fights on Saturday night. It was UFC Vegas 8, Smith versus Raykick. Saturday, August 29th, 2020, at the UFC Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. There were supposed to be five fights on the card, but uh, the Magomed Ankalev, Ankalev, I almost got it. Dang it. I fell <laughs> I flat on that one. I at it because I looked at it on the run sheet. I was like, not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> Versus Eon Kutalabra, that fight got canceled. Uh, Kutalabra came down with a positive 
COVID-19 test. Um, so that fight got pulled from the card. Ricardo, the bully, Lamos, defe- Lamos defeated Billy Al- Algeo via unanimous decision. Just a- every one of these fights were, were decisions. We usually want to see knockouts or yeah. submissions. These were all decisions. But some of these decisions were fairly dominant. Alexa Grazo defeated Jiyoung Kim via unanimous decision. 30-27 all the way across. Alexa looked good. I think this is where she's going to be for a, a minute. Yeah. yeah. And I see what you I know what you're doing. <laughs> so, for those of you out there, we got we have a device that uh responds to the A L E X A word in here. <laughs> so, if I was to say, no. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> um Neil Magny defeated Robbie Lawler via unanimous decision. I told y'all last week. I told y'all. I told y'all last week Neil Magny was going to take out Robbie Lawler. I told y'all. The thing is, you were right. I think I was on that bandwagon with you, wasn't I? Yeah, you know, the thing is, the thing is, is that, uh, no, I actually called Robbie Lawler, but... Because 137 <laughs> is is the lost episode, no one will ever have any proof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 was weird. Uh, I was yeah, I was on the wrong the, bus on that one. But uh, yeah, we're not gonna. We shall we shall not talk about it. Uh, no, we, no, but let's talk about this fight though, because you know the yeah, the whole thing is I was treating Neil Magny like uh, Angie Overkill Hill. I was. He was my Angie Hill, where I just hadn't seen him win. And it yeah. just wasn't super impressive when he did finally win. Yeah. But here, Neil Magny looked like a seasoned pro with so much more to gain. I, I, what I was most impressed by was his ability to use his size, his range. It's just different. But what it did do uh, is solidified some talking points that I've been pushing in on recently uh, with, with John. And that is this notion that the UFC has evolved yet again. And we are in this spot where slow starters fighters who are known for counter striking and picking their shots that one big shot they no longer have a pathway to victory because these new fighters who are getting after it time and time again or and are well more uh well-rounded they're they're killing the game right now and so i I think robbie in this showed that he's not able to adapt he is a brawler through and through and the ufc has passed him by and it's unfortunate. This is this was the fighter that I was alluding to. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, you know, Rob, let's let's not take anything from Robbie Lawler. He is a a vicious fighter. He is one of the, he's one of the last fighters from the old school of USA from the Zufa days. Um, there and you know to see him to to see him being outclassed like he was, uh, I felt that. He is that one that vibes off the energy of the crowd. That the more that the crowd asks for it, the more he gives it, and that was part of. He lost that that major edge there, and it just allowed Neil Magny to just dominate him. And it it was a it was a it was a complete domination in my opinion. Uh, it's rare that I've ever seen Robbie Lawler just just one sided. Yeah. Beat. I think at one point the striking differential was was it well that's not the right word the difference in striking was uh 13 strikes significant strikes from Robbie to 85 like mm-hmm. he got outclassed completely and the worst part was 
Robbie went in and tried to use re- wrestling, right? Every every boxer becomes a wrestler once they're in adversity. Yeah. And even that <laughs> was just he had no it shot. Wasn't. It was. It was. It was over. It was over. Was that a pun intended? Quizás. <laughs> so, 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 George, is it time for us to start talking about Robbie Lawler and the end of his career? You know, we've got a lot of fighters retiring. Is it time for Robbie to start talking about it? No. Uh, this makes the case for John Key's um, well-known <laughs> league of older fighters who aren't quite ready to be put out the pasture and still have one or two more good fights or would do better fighting someone in their skill set level. These guys have the experience of years of knowledge of fighting. So they're they're not just beyond their prime. They're just not capable of dealing with a lot of these new young bucks coming in who've only trained MMA. They weren't Mm -hmm. just well-versed in one skill. They trained a complete package. And we're seeing it more and more. We talked about this in, in the past few weeks. All of these new fighters coming up, are, are supplanting these older guys. What's really happening here is the skill sets is, is just so different, and the older guys have not made the adjustment to deal with these younger guys. So yeah, that's that's what's happening. Robbie's not out the pasture. I think he just needs to he, he needs to pick his fights now. Robbie needs to be in that league with Anderson Silva, a few other folks who need specific types of fights, and they they will continue to be interesting fights for a while. Yeah, I like. I mean, that. this is. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Casey. No, it's just I, I really like that because. As you were talking, I really thought through it, and I would like to see Robbie Lawler fight another old school brawler. Because I mean, I just can't get past his fight with Rory McDonald. Like yeah. this is just exactly. toughness personified, and there's something nice about that to to just see a fighter just in his element, just going after it. But uh, you're right; the young bucks have kind of passed him by. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a place. It's just he's not he's not really going to be in contention for a title anytime soon. Right. Wouldn't, so, wouldn't you love to see a Robbie Lawler, Tyron Woodley fight? Mm, oh, yes. yeah. Oh, but we already saw it. It only lasted like 13 seconds or whatever. It was a short fight. <laughs> let's, let's run it back. Run it back. Yeah. Run it back. Over the weekend, I was I was watching um I was I was doing, going back in the history of UFC and mm-hmm. you know I actually brought out a topic of just how good was Hoist Gracie and it just it, and I was watching it and I was watching several other fighters like Frank Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, Boss Rudin. These fighters, they were part of the Zufa days. And one thing I did appreciate about them was that they did have individual styles. Robbie Lawler actually came from those Zufa days where they were individual styles. They hadn't really meshed in, in, into each other to form what is what we now know as mixed martial arts. And I think that's what it is, is that Robbie Lawler is, is primarily a wrestler. And he, you know, he just has a very extreme violent streak with him. Um, and he will not evolve in this. You're right. We need a master's division where he can go and just fight with the other fighters that are that still have that individual style. By the way, if you're playing the drinking game, we're going to start adding master's division to the scoreboard. So yes. if you uh, hear master's we, division... Did, did, did we do? I thought we already did that. I thought that was already in there. Okay, well, if you hear master's division... Drink up. All right, let's go on. The main event of the evening, Alexander Rakic defeated Anthony Lionheart-Smith via unanimous decision 
There even one judge gave a 30, 26. That's a 10, eight round. Um, this is one that I got right. I, you know, I said last week that, um, you know, while I respect cousin Anthony, um, I like him as a fighter. He has always been someone that we collectively as, as the, the combat sports team have supported. I really felt like Alexander Rakic was going to, uh, to win this fight. I did not think it was going to be in as dominant a fashion as he did, though. It's dominant, but it's, it's similar to what we've seen in, uh, in the fight before where the wrestling... Uh, is it wrestling or jujitsu at that point? But the ground game, let's mm-hmm. just all, all together, was tough for Anthony to overcome. And for me, it was hard to watch because Anthony was clearly uh, more comfortable working off of his back, but there was a downside to it in that he wasn't generating any offense off of his back at all. <clears throat> and it looked like in some spots he was really hoping for a referee to to separate them. Like he wasn't actually advancing towards anything. It was really all about just surviving through it. He he took some some heavy leg kicks early on that seemed to demoralize him, but he was never able to really plant his his feet and really do work against Rakic, who looked strong. Like that's coming from a guy who loves Anthony Smith. I'm a big fan, always gonna back him, but man, Rakic just looked in a whole different class. He was big. Once again, that was really brutal. Um, those yeah. those leg kicks. I mean, he just chopped them like a tree. And I was just at that point, you could just see it in his face that. Lionheart, and once again, I I have no beef with Lionheart, but he just looked like he checked out, you know. And it, no matter what he tried, Rakic was there for him. And ugh, I don't know. One, if, one of the things I heard being tossed around by a couple of other of the uh, commentators on the show, and and just from some other fighters in general, was after Anthony's last loss. That you know, there needs to be a, a period of time where you, you don't just allow your body to recover, but allow your 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 mental fortitude to recover. Because we saw how how much damage and punishment Anthony is capable of dealing with for the last two three fights even. Right. And the Anthony we saw in the uh, octagon on Saturday night, we all know he is capable of so much more than what we saw. You, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. there's that theory out there that. These past couple of losses have mentally damaged Anthony, and he needs to take a period of time where either he's doing some mental coaching or something else in order to get his head back in the right space in order to proceed and be a um, basically a, a entitled contention in that division again. I'd love to see him doing some more work on his jiu-jitsu. I know he's he's a high-level jiu-jitsu guy, but we just didn't get a chance to see that. And working off of his back for as long as he did, it to me seemed like the perfect opportunity to, to show the diversity of your game. He's shown that he's willing to adapt and learn. He's taken John Jones uh, uh, style to some degree when it comes to uh, uh, strikes out of the break, um, spinning back fist, uh, even, even the leg attacks. So we know that he can adapt. We just didn't see it in this fight. And some of that has to be, just the demoralization of getting your legs chopped out from under you and then having someone that big laying on you the whole time. So what I'd love to see is him just build some of that confidence back with some of these local jujitsu tournaments that he's been honestly, for the most part, just killing it. in. 
we just need more of that fighter mentality, not to take away from his Lionheart. I think it's there. But in this particular fight, he was he was too content to just sit back and hope for a ref to, to save him. You, you chose those words very, very, very carefully. I'm not trying to catch any smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be extremely clear. Anthony Smith, while it is extremely likely that we could run into each other on the street, I want no smoke whatsoever <laughs> at any time <laughs> Man. yeah but well you're saying that he's killing it in these uh jiu-jitsu competitions do you think that that's kind of spilling over into his mentality about fighting in the octagon i think in typical uh in the past like uh i've seen him in the gym and it, there's just an air of confidence about him right um, I haven't been able to to see any of his training of late uh, as I've stepped away from the gym uh, uh, for a bit. But I don't know that it brings it in in any negative way. There's just that there's that confidence when you've been winning all of these local fights and just knowing I'm the baddest dude when I'm on the ground, just the absolute baddest. And then you mix it in with how effective his striking is, because I think we all had an ooh moment when he finally caught Rakic. Because we saw that Anthony still is, when he can plant his feet, he can throw some shots. Yeah. Um, so he's got to put himself in better situations to just prove that. I know it's got to be demoralizing as he was very recently fighting for a title. Now you're fighting number eights, number tens, and, and kind of moving down the stack. Uh, but he's got to find that right opponent that gives him that signature win again. All right, well, let's go ahead and close the book on this one and put it on the shelf because this card is history. Now let's look forward to finding the angles where we talk about the headlines that are making waves in the MMA world. All right, first on the run sheet, not necessarily first in order of importance, is uh, Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold is coming back. He decided that he was retired, and then he said, you know, I still got it in me. I still got that fire. And so he is saying that he wants to call out Darren Till <laughs> in his hometown of London. Now, if Darren Till was a, was, was a video game character called Little Mac, then that would make Luke Rockhold Glass Joe. <laughs> oh wow! I, Luke I, lives in California. I know, right? Texas. He's far. I can say that's it. some smoke. I take. <laughs> yeah, you just got to land one right here on the chin, and then you're good. Hey, man. Him and Brandon hey. Schaub, man. You, you know, it's the Glass Joe brothers. <laughs> so hey, my problem with this, you know, Brandon is gonna be spending time here in Texas, Ryan. I know Brendan, he's gonna be. I don't want none of that smoke. <laughs> I mean. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, Brendan, uh, Luke, I'll set it up. We have a proper gym and a ring and even a small octagon I have available. So All right, but we got to have contingencies. Whenever you guys show up in Texas, KC will be here. See, the way my cardio is set up, we, we can only have 30-second rounds. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> You know, Luke, you can call out a lot of people, but I don't think you want the gorilla. Uh, that that dude. Yeah. Nah, man. You might wanna you might wanna look elsewhere. Especially uh, when we think about fighting styles and who's gonna come out hungrier. 
I I feel like Luke gets smashed, as Habib would say. Yes, <laughs> very badly, very very badly. Uh, where's Weidman in, in in all this? He could he could they could run it back. Yeah, so like what? that. That makes more sense than anything. That would be a better fight for Luke Rockhold. Like I I think both of those guys, you know, that would be a great fight for Luke Rockhold. Yeah, I think that might be the only fight for. Yeah, well, you know, the, as we were talking about fighters who've who've had really great careers, and now the UFC has kind of passed them by. I, you know, I I don't see a great fight for Luke Rockhold outside of the one that you just called. Agreed. I, I mean, what you gonna put him up against uh, Jared Cannonier or someone like that? No. <laughs> no, if he wants to keep that underwear contract, okay. Mm. We, no, we don't like, do that. These guys at one eighty five are just monsters it's a scary thing but see that's the thing ryan it's not just at 185 this is literally the time that the ufc has actually stacked their top tens with nothing but true killers this is one of those few times now we can truly say the ufc does have the elite and there and you know there's very few fighters out there that could stand the top 10 of the UFC in any of their division, even their weakest division, which I think it will, well, I'll say it, the flyweights. Mm-hmm. Okay. That who's going in there. Who's going in there. Okay. I'm, just call, I'm taking everybody today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember that, that, that fight from last week, two on one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, now, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of, figuring like where does it even go from there like what what is the point so there's too many fighters who are out here trying to earn their keep and and make their name I think for roster spots this is uh for lack of a better word this just reeks of selfishness like yeah I know you still want to prove yourself but you had your shot (laughs) like Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in seeing some of these hungry young fighters versus guys who have shown us what they need to show like Rockhold is He's no slouch for sure. Like I'm joking about the, yeah, I take this shot, but he, he's no slouch, but realistically there's so much, so many more interesting fights out there that this is just a money move, if anything, or, or, or pride. It's pride. It's pride and machismo. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see anything. I mean, look, just be a talent development. All right. Mm-hmm. That's all you, at this point, I mean, just, and I'm not saying that, because of your uh, of a lack of skill. No, it's not that. You were a champion, okay? It's the fact that these guys have evolved. These are apex predators now. Uh, you were the apex predator. You're about a three, okay, on the apex predator scale. Right? The views expressed by John Keys do not necessarily reflect the views of the show or anyone on it. That's Yeah, yeah, that is John Keys and John Keys alone. You want that smoke though, KC? Yeah, I want that smoke, but if when I when I beat Rockhold, beating a three doesn't matter, right? So <laughs> I'm just let's, saying that let's keep I'm that like, legacy intact. I have a big truck and I will run them over with. I, I have no, I have Again. no problem picking up chairs, tables, stabbing them with a fork. I have no problem with these things. That's what I was I've been trained to use the, the environment around me and I shall My man said he's gonna adapt. And overcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I'm, I'm, hey, I have no, I have, hey, a fight's a fight, and, you know, I'm not getting paid UFC money, so it's survival at that point. Yeah, well, speaking of somebody who who has to adapt is is Michael Chandler. Now, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago being a free agent uh, at Bellator. And, you know, Dana White has expressed an interest in having Michael Chandler come and 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 fight in the UFC. Michael Chandler's expressed wanting to fight Joe, uh, Justin Gaethje. So you would think that uh, that he would be a, a shoe in for for coming into the UFC. But. What we're finding out is that one of the big differences between fighting in Bellator and fighting in the UFC is something we all know and love, an organization known as the United States Anti-Doping Agency, USADA. And so there is, there, there's discussion that says that perhaps Michael Chandler doesn't want to go to the UFC because he doesn't want to have to get into the pool. This feels like a lot of speculation that's unfounded. Yeah, I don't know about that. This feels like a lot of hearsay. You know, I, I I'm I'm only reading the headline, guys. I this is one where I, I don't I don't you know I don't want to take my chances with Michael Chandler. I don't want to get him mad. Right. It just no. feels weird to impugn the character of a man who's done great work in another organization and. Like I know it's a slow news day and this isn't us at all, but realistically, to to Michael Chandler has given no one any reason to believe that he's got a USADA issue. Uh, but let's also be real, this is a great way to highlight the, the contrast between Bellator and the UFC when it comes to USADA. You look at the former wrestlers who've gone over to uh and I former pro wrestlers who've gone over to Bellator and it's very clear that they did not do so unaided so it's a little different oh yeah i say that as yeah we'll have to catch that in the off the show because again this is someone i don't want smoke with (laughs) 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 but i can think of a guy who went to the same college that i did who definitely didn't get to the pro wrestling status uh a hundred percent clean wow now i know who you're talking about yeah (laughs) So you you mean to look at that guy, how he's built and what he was built like when he was in college? That that wasn't protein shakes. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh, wow. Creatine, baby. Creatine. I'm lost here. I believe in discretion because we all know that at some point I'm going to run for public office, and I don't want this tape to play back. And I'm like, oh, look at this guy calling people out early on. <laughs> well, somebody that we do know. Uh, who did make it to the pro wrestling ranks, and we know use that stuff, Brock Lesnar. Now, you know, we were talking about Michael Chandler being a free agent. Well, Brock Lesnar is also a free agent, and we know that he has used talk about coming back to the UFC as a bargaining chip to get a better contract with the WWE. Mm -hmm. Now, I think that we are all once bitten, twice shy kind of people where none of us, is interested in entertaining the conversation of Brock Lesnar returning to the UFC. So, what do you guys think? Do you do do, do you think that um, you know that that Brock Lesnar has any appeal anymore in the UFC or um, or what? The heavyweight oh. division has got too many storylines going. They don't need this mess. Oh, but he makes the ultimate storyline though. 
I mean, okay. if you really think about it, I mean, Brock Lesnar is is that God that, uh, as Joe Rogan once put it, if this was medieval times, he is that God that's on a that's got the the crazy battle armor with a two and a half handed sword going down chopping people with one hand. All right, he's <laughs> built for war. He's the mountain. Yeah, and, yeah, he's the mountain. He is the mountain, and. I mean, even at his age, he's still, I mean, aided or unaided. We're not going to say which one it is, but he still is a, 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 a monstrous figure. He took the UFC by storm. He was a champion within four fights. And so he, left, he left because he, he was still defending the title while fighting off a disease that could have killed him. And he was still breaking people up. Do you not? I mean, he is the ogre. If we were watching Grappler Baki on Shrek? Netflix, he, yeah. he is, he <laughs> is the ogre. Okay. He so what I'm hearing ogre. you say in Marvel terms is that you want to see Mbaku fight Thor. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I want to see that. I want to see Mbaku. Yeah. Fight Thor. Because yeah. that, I mean, Francis Ngannou is probably the only fight. <laughs> that could yeah. happen because you know he's got to take the biggest money fight and 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 maybe blades might be another fight that no, people would pay for but i it's, think in ghana no, 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 that's the that's the one yeah that's the no, one no 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 lesnar no, no, no. has to start <laughs> at number 11 and just march his way back all the way up no. how and many times has the ufc done that come on now he wouldn't be able to do it. But, but that would be that would be the ultimate storyline, though. That you have the former killer come back healthy, and he's not only going to take it, he's going to march right through each and every one of them. They say, oh, we got to Coach, please school this, like, man. No, I want number nine. I'm knocking these fools off, so when I get at the top, nobody can come get it. Nobody's going to take this belt from me. Nobody's going to take this belt. Coach, what do you think on this one? Because this this sounds ludicrous to me. I'm, I'm staying out of this one. You, you guys got that. He might be 45, 46 when it's all said and done, but, you know, it can happen. I'm just no, just remember that Alistair Overeem uh, once put a knee in Brock Lesnar's ribs, and Brock was like, okay, I, wanna, I don't want any more of this. You want some of this uh, old man? Reason, okay, so if I need you and you got diverticular confunctajunctinitis and you you know your guts are about to explode on you and die, then yes, if I get need right there, I might say, hold on, my friend. I may need to tap on this ground because I'm done. All right, I may have to do that. He was still sick with diverticulitis. Divert what was diverticulitis, bro? Yeah. Come on, yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. Okay. <laughs> Look, I, I'm glad you said something, Coach, because I had no idea what. John hey, was. well, you know what? Perhaps that is our our SAT word of the show: diverticulitis. This is your SAT word of the show. It means that your guts are about to fall out. All right, that's what it is. That, that, oh my god! Let me look well, that up. Here. Well, so while you're looking that up, Brock Lesnar, of course, is is a person that has gotten on the radar of another person that is moving to heavyweight and that is john bones jones Oops. he is back in the gym he is lifting weights and he is really trying to jockey for a position to fight stipe miocic for the title um i still think 
that Francis Ngannou is going to get that shot, even though Stipe is like, eh, that's kind of boring for me. I don't, I don't really, I, I already dominated him the first time. Uh, but I, I, I really think Ngannou has improved. I think that's the logical fight for uh, Stipe. But John Jones is saying that, um, you know, um, that he could he could take Stipe Miocic. And so he went on Twitter and started making his case, um, you know, saying that uh, Stipe is, a, is kind of a uh, – Stipe versus Francis is a high-risk, low-reward, that uh, the better fight is John Jones. And then he decided to take a shot at, at, at uh, Brock Lesnar and said, oh, yeah, Brock, I will beat your bleep too. Interesting. That's, that's bold. <laughs> but I mean, I understand why John Jones did it because I would say the same thing too if I was in that position. I I, I understand why Stipe doesn't want to fight Francis Ngannou. That's not the same person he fought the first time. Now we have another monster that's at the gates, and he's like, "Let me in," and he's like, "I don't think so. I like the belt where it's at." Because he, while Francis Ngannou had the power before, now he has power and skill, and is, and he's he's a. Threat. Do we know that? We assume he has. It. Yeah, we still have Apparently not seen Francis Ngannou wrestle anybody. Well, Stipe's assuming that too. Okay, he's he he. You can tell when he said, uh, you can tell when, I'm, okay, I'm going to say it. And Stipe, I know where you at. Prepare you, the yeah, let me prepare the sensor button here. What's, okay. What's... We know, I, I know when a man runs scared. Uh, okay. I know when a man runs scared. You can see it in his eyes. You can hear it in his talk. All right. And I understand. I would run scared too. I'm running Counterpoint. scared right now. Stipe has been disrespected by the UFC time and time again, and he knows that the only way to make any real money fight is to create controversy. To say that you're overlooking someone is a means of creating controversy, and I don't believe that he's truly scared because he's been tested by the the best of the best. He is the GOAT in heavyweight. There's no way that you can create a true argument that Stipe is scared, but what you can do is say that Stipe is over the game's but at the same time, trying his best to make a money fight before he exits because there is nothing left for him to do. So there's some truth in saying he's not excited about it because you saw his demeanor once he beat Cormier. He's not excited about anything in the UFC. He's just ready to move on. Well, if he's ready to move on, okay, then he needs to adopt the attitude that George St. Pierre had. Okay, he just, they told him who he was going to fight and he said, okay, that's how you that's how you get over things. You just say, "Hey, this guy's gonna fight George." I don't, I don't remember George Saint Pierre ever calling out anybody in particular. They just said they announced the fight, and then he talked, he talked a little respectful smack, Ricky Bobby style, and then yeah. he went and beat their butts. That's how that's, you do it. That was back in the time where the UFC rankings mattered, right? Like, right. you were fighting the next <laughs> up, who was the next best up. You weren't fighting the guy who was talking the most. So right. there was no need for him to engage in that type of discourse. It was right. rather perfunctory that he was going to fight the next guy. Oh, there it is. Perfunctory. Forget about these, the, 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 the <laughs> inflamed, fluid-filled sacks of divert Diverticulitis. Let's go with perfunctory. Yeah. 
spouse spouse bad as blue waffles. Oh my god. Whoa. Blue waffles? No, please don't. Don't, say don't, don't please don't. Okay. Do not go any further with that. What was the word again, Casey? Perfunctory. Perfunctory. Oh I, I wish we were doing a screen grab right now because I'm about to throw up. <laughs> Don't y'all look it up. Okay. Carried out with a minimum of effort or reflection. He gave yeah. a, profunct- a perfunctory nod. Yeah, because it was just going to happen, right? Like, this wasn't these, <laughs> like, I had to do a lot to become. Don't. <laughs> Y'all are looking at you. Y'all ruined y'all all of us again. <laughs> the views expect ex, ex, uh, expressed by John Key on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the, the views of Kalechi's future campaign. Oh my gosh, John Keys, where do you get dude, this stuff from? Oh my gosh, I'm army, dude. Do not mess with my humor. It's dark. It's oh my sinister. god, purely evil. <laughs> Like, oh I, my god! What I'm more upset about is I knew what it was, and I watched Ryan recording it, <laughs> or not recording it, pulling it up, and I just couldn't stop him. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> it was the car. The, the good thing though is Ryan is wise enough. I'm just glad you didn't Google image search first because that's usually yeah. where I start. Oh, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Y'all about to ruin this man. Uh, we're not gonna do that. Pay a dollar to see Ryan's face right now. Well, because I'm, you know, my strengths finder. I'm a learner. So once you start, You're gonna learn today. Once you open up the 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 Pandora's box for something, I gotta know about it. And so, so you know, while you're talking about it, I'm googling it. And now that I know what it is, and now Kalechi's like, well, you you should have Google image search. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I should have, but wow. I'm not gonna do it during the show because so, I may not be able to continue, and we got a lot okay. of show to do. Let me get this straight. You, you. Uh, this tells me that you do not know many veterans in your in your circle because we all have a sick sense of humor. Secondly, it also shows that KC is your hype man because he didn't stop you. He's like, no. <laughs> okay. look, everyone should know this about me. I will always encourage poor decisions. <laughs> always. <laughs> Don't take my advice. Someone was talking to me the other day at work. She was like. Hey, um, we should we should we should have more conversations. I'd love to hear your perspective on things. It was like about work, yes. Life, no. <laughs> Don't just do the opposite of what I tell you because I'm always seeking the story. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Daniel Cormier. manner. Da- Daniel Cormier um, retired after his his uh, Stipe fight, um, but he didn't really confirm it until. This week, people thought that he was going to take off the gloves and drop them in the middle of the ring, as is tradition for great fighters who retire in their last fight. However, what he said was dropping his his gloves in the ring would have stolen the moment from Stipe Miocic, who not only in retaining his title, also asserted himself as the greatest heavyweight of all time in the UFC. And so, um, you know, I, I have to shout out Daniel Cormier for being aware enough, self-aware enough to not, um, I mean, to not steal that moment. It's good because he wasn't knocked out the way he was with John Jones. So he was able to still be aware. Um, Speaking of John Jones, John Jones said, hold my beer. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, 
Cormier is the epitome of class. Like he when is. it comes to fighter attitude, even in devastating loss, he he'll state facts, won't complain. Uh, which was something that I think most people didn't like about him early on was that he was so straightforward, he was so straight laced, and he did have this kind of whining ethic about him. But man, it's just refreshing to see a genuinely good dude who's that thoughtful about not just his legacy but other people's legacy. It just that that sort of character just doesn't show its head in the UFC all that often. Well said. Yeah, okay. So sp- right. speaking of someone who, oh, you getting ready? You getting ready to rebut that? Yeah, you know. Oh, he here we go. He, he he is so cl- he 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 is what people should model fighters after. I mean, Daniel Cormier has been class all the way through his fighting career. Yep. However. However, here we go. Here's the butt. Won't he do it? Two things didn't happen. One. He didn't put the gloves down in the ring. Two, last time I checked, he didn't pull his he didn't pull his name from the blood pool. So until that happens, Daniel Cormier is still fighting. He's just waiting. Everyone take a shot. Take that shot. <laughs> take it. <laughs> take a shot. Take a sip. Take a sip. Just now saying. just saying. Now, talking about somebody who is self-aware and uh, made a good decision. That's me. John Jones recently came out and explained why he vacated his light heavyweight title. And what he said was, he said, I vacated the light heavyweight championship because I knew my heavyweight goals were going to take some time. I wasn't going to play games with the contenders and make people fight interim championship belts. There's a little rest on the throne i don't know what that means but um but basically what he's saying is is that in order for him to prepare himself for going to heavyweight he he vacated his title so that he wasn't holding up the creating a log jam um in light heavyweight that's that's a great thing anthony lionheart smith before he met alexander rakic said um you know i'm not typically the guy that's got a whole bunch of nice things to say about john jones but that's a noble thing to do Dominic Reyes also, you know, he'd been talking a lot of smack about John Jones, but he even turned uh, around and said, uh, hey, Johnny, Johnny Bones, thank you for the experience, man. I wish you the best of luck in your journey. I know that things got a little crazy, but I wanted I just wanted to be pushed beyond my perceived limits by the light heavyweight goat again. God bless and God willing till we get the uh, dance under those lights again. Um, Although we to the end of the road. Hey, baby. Still I can't you know, let we were supposed to fight a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it didn't happen. I love how That's none funny. of this is ever on the run sheet. Just, <laughs> just like... <laughs> That is what makes us good, is that we can do this on the fly and just let it roll, man. All right? I'm telling you, oh. that is the deep voice is the deep voice guy is my we favorite part back. of every song. We gotta bring that back. We'll do it at the end of the show. <laughs> we'll, try we'll try it at the end of the show. We'll try. Uh yeah, go ahead. Okay, I guess. I mean that awfully convenient, but okay. You know, I'm I've seen John Jones, you know, 
lifting weights at a heavier weight while he was off. Um, I okay, I don't believe it, but okay, he he got a good reason in the in the in the in the interim. All right, that that makes sense. But as far as John Jones goes, I I, I don't believe it. I don't believe him. He has he has convinced me to sit there and say that. You know, anything that he says, we got to really look at his actions, okay? He's already stated why he's going to the heavyweight. He, I, I honestly think that he could have gave Dominic Reyes a rematch before he left. He had why? one. Why? Because, yeah. okay, because <laughs> he need he, why should he fight? Why should he fight Dominic Reyes? Because it was a close match. He, he fought Alexander Gustafsson again. And on a very close match where a lot of people said he won that, that Alex won that. Just like they said that Dominic won that fight. So, yeah, he could have fought him again to, to, to cement. If, if, <laughs> if anything, if you know you can beat this man, he would have ran it back one time and then been like, okay, I've beaten, I've beaten everybody here convincingly. I'm out. And yeah, gone. he's just at a different spot in his career, right. too. Uh oh, here comes Coach. Get him. Come on, Get him. I'm just listening to what John said. You're saying after the fact that he fights Dominic again, then he could say he's beating everybody here convincingly. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I'll, I'll let you slide with that one, man. No, John, coach, John says, on, look, man. I've cleared this division. There's really nothing here for me. I, dude, I, I want to focus on what my next career goal is. And mm-hmm. I applaud that. You know, a lot of people think he's full of it when he says that. But I don't think so. I think he's being being honest and open. Remember, we always talked about this dichotomy of John Jones. There's two mm-hmm. John Jones. There's mm-hmm. the evil, you know, heinous or whatever you want to call him, sinister heinous. John Jones. Yes, the sinister John Jones. And then there's John Jones who is, likes to go and do public works of, of, of good out in the public under camera and, and drop water <laughs> on people, homeless people and stuff. You deserve and so that, yeah, and so that's what I think we're seeing with John. You know, he's doing something that's applaudable, but every time he does something applaudable, now people are going to think he has yep. sinister motives. Because you've never heard, you've never heard of John Jones doing something without the camera being there. That's the thing. But he's still doing it with the camera, so like, it's yeah, not like he's in secret. You know, uh, when, vacated the title. I mean, he. He has a platform, and we've seen how platforms can and should be used. A prime example yeah. of that is the NBA this week. And John has this platform, and, and he, he spoke on it. He put it out there, and people are going to deal with it as they will. Some people are going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. Look at Coach bringing fire. I know. All right. I'm feeling that. That's, that's a word. Last one. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tyson planning an MMA event with Verdum, Fedor 2, Wanderlei, uh, Wanderlei, uh, Belfort 2, and Ortiz Evans 3. It's missing something important. This is, this is, this is my legends division right here. That's my, (laughs) and that's when you take a drink, folks. That's, that's my legend. Take a big one. Isn't there a local team called the Legends? Yeah, it's a women's, I think it's a women's basketball team. I thought it was like the, it's like an amateur basketball league. league. Oh, we, you're talking about like a. My bad. <laughs> That's know? on me. <laughs> you know, 
the, there, there's a there's a Frisco team called the Legends. It's a basketball team. Yes. Oh, okay. So I don't know. Frisco is north of Dallas. For those of you, we're you know we're all Dallas folks here, um, and so Protection legends. And so was I. <laughs> yeah, let's Rock let's let's. They're, they're north of Dallas. Remember that, Luke. Not not in Dallas, but north. Of Dallas. North of Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there. It seems as though there there is, um, life after the sport. You know, I I went on a rant. Uh, I guess it was last week about, you know, talking smack about. You know, bare knuckle and and um, Paige Van Zant, who's uh, on that on that poster over there, going to um, going to 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 bare knuckle. But maybe Mike Mike Tyson gives some of these fighters who are at the end of their career a second life because they are now fighting, you know, their legacy counterparts, if you will, from years and years ago in Pride and in other in, in these other uh, promotions. They're getting a second chance to run those back, even though they can't compete with the new talent that we have today. There's still a place for fighters who were game and 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 who want to go. Tito's last fight was trash. It was, oh, it was Tito's, Tito's last. Oh, Tito's fight last fight. About to be trash. Yeah, <laughs> Tito's last two fights were trash. Because yeah. he 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 ran it back with with uh, Chuck Liddell, and that was awful. <laughs> That was gross. Yeah. And then he fought the, uh, the 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 guy that used to be in professional wrestling, and that was terrible. Yeah. Who was that? Who was that? He used to be a champ in WWE. Hispanic guy. I don't remember that one. That, that's how Bautista, unnoteworthy it was. Bautista? Agreed. No, not, no, not Dave Bautista. That dude's awesome. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Which he did Even though that would be awesome to see Dave Bautista fight in in in. In, in mixed martial arts. I think you have to choose these legacy fights better than this because as we just talked about a, a Woodley versus uh Lawler fight, I think we would all be game to watch that because even though these guys are not in their prime and peak, they're not so far outside that it's going to be extremely competitive and it's just going to be a different style. Watching Tito Whoa. fight. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry, Casey. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, Go no, ahead. that was Please. it. Just like watching Tito fight, just I, I, it would be difficult for me to get excited about his fighting style, his quickness, his fight IQ. Like, what is it about Tito that's going to make me want to watch this fight? Okay. So the person that he fought last was Alberto... El Patron, also no, he he was he was he went to a, he went by a different name, and I believe it was Al, Alberto Del Rio. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a WWE champion. They fought in Combate Americas '51 in McAllen, Texas. So mm-hmm. there you Hometown. go. How, how recent was that? Uh, December seventh. Actually, of what year? Didn't I was gonna say last year. Last year. There was a an, another fight he had prior to the Chuck Liddell fight. I can't remember who it was. Um, I thought he was a little bit more competitive. It was uh, against, Chael. No, it was was it Chael? It might have, well. There was before Chuck Liddell. There was Chael Sonnen, and then there was uh, Liam McGarry. He won against Chael, but he lost against Liam. Okay. All right. I I think I'm confusing it. Maybe it was a, a some fight prior to that, but I thought he fought someone else who was. Also, probably a candidate for the Masters division. He did. Um, I see it. Uh, Stephen Bonner. 
They actually Bonner. Uh, so he actually won that in a split decision. Okay. Yeah, and Stefan Bonner is definitely he he is prime legends material. I can see him in there. All right. Uh, dude, the case for this legend division has been made, man. I like what Mike is doing with this. Um I think they really need some um some top-notch uh, matchmakers to jump on board and really prime some of these fights. Because what I don't want to see is a fight like Tito versus a Tyron Woodley or someone who's a little bit more game than Tito is right now. Wait, Tito wait. needs a you don't want to see that well fight. Timed, no, Tito, <laughs> need, I mean, Tito needs a well-planned matchup, something that's competitive and not where you're going to see guys get outclassed in the Masters division. So I, I think whoever decides to take advantage of this will really do well to find a matchmaker who is on board and has the same ideas as a division like that needs. Uh, to be, I guess, babied until it, it, it gets on its feet. Because if you, if you come in out the gate and you just create these crazy matchups where guys are getting outclassed at that age, no one's going to want to watch that, and you're going to make your own case why the commission should shut it down. Mm-hmm. But if you can come in and really do well on the matchmaking and, and put book some competitive fights for these guys where guys are in the fight and not getting just dumped on by somebody, then... I think people will be willing to watch, man. I, I, I'm sorry to say it, but I, I, I would love to continue to see Anderson Silva glove up. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch. There's just no way around it. I, I, I want to see that, and but I want to see him fight someone that he can be competitive against. I don't want to see Anderson Silva, and you know, one of uh, who is it? Uh, Izzy. Not Izzy. Um, the other guy, that, the black horse over in 185. Um, oh, Jared the guy from Alaska slash uh, Dallas. Oh, Jeff Neal? No. No, Jared Cannonier. Yeah. Jared Cannonier. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to see that smoke. No, no, <laughs> nobody wants to see. I mean, but if you look at the fights, uh, I'm looking at uh, Verdum Fedor too. We're looking I like, at. I kind of wow, like that. I love that. I love that. Vanderlei uh, Belford too, um, and Ortiz Evans three. This is basically pride. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm okay I, with that because pride, pride like, comes the before and the Vanderlei fall. fight, man. I think Belford. If he gets on any of those uh, supplements from outside of the United States, like mm. he's gonna run through Vandalay. Oh, see, he has to look real well, different I, since Usada. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that Vandalay and Vandalay shops at the same shops that that Vitor shops at. So <laughs> yeah, but some... Vitor got that AT and T connection. Vandalay has that <laughs> Sprint by T-Mobile Metro uh, line. <laughs> you know what oh, man. <laughs> The views expressed on this podcast. Yeah. So spe- speaking of, because you guys you guys mentioned Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva actually does have a fight booked. It's on Halloween, and he is fighting show. Uh, what is it? What is it? The prime time, right? Mm-hmm. Prime time Uriah Hall Ooh, for his last fight. That's not good. That's you don't know. know. Perfect. I, you I, don't I know on that like fight. That fight for Anderson. It's a it's a good fight because you never Uriah, know which Uriah Hall is going to come in the ring. Right, and not only that, Uriah is one of those guys who he's he's not out of this new class of fighters that are just total MMA guys. Yeah. Uriah is a striker. He he comes from uh, I forget the background. It's not strictly Muay Thai, but he's more of a striker. So it's a good matchup for Anderson. I feel like, um, and because Anderson is the elder statesman, he's he's got a little bit more technical know how, and he can he can use that to counter. Uriah's speed over him. You hear what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't see that as a necessarily a bad matchup for Anderson just yet. I think it's a uh, great matchup for Anderson. So what? Look, I think it's a great matchup for Anderson. 
if you look at Anderson's legacy right now is his biggest tool in his in his belt. Let's be honest. Izzy could have destroyed Anderson if he wanted to, but it's it's this respect factor. You just never know what crafty thing the spider is going to bring. And for that being a head game, being his number one tool in his belt, he picked the right fighter in Uriah because Uriah, it's e- I wouldn't say easy. He's probably more prone to get locked into overthinking in the fight. And there's no better fighter at making you second guess your offense than Anderson Silva. Yeah. Guys just I don't want to throw anything because they don't know I what's coming. That. I don't know if you guys know, but Uriah is, is fighting out of Fortis MMA here in Dallas these days. <laughs> yeah, just saw I would that. like to take back everything yeah, I like, just said. Um, he's a great fighter. Uriah, Love that you guy. You are an amazing fighter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing fighter. Should Man, I run into you kid. on this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How the, t- the table. <laughs> there, pull the, pull the whistle. Blow the whistle. Coach is like, oh, are you sure you want to stand by that get, statement? Get, get on the hype train, nope. y'all. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, He's actually a second-degree black belt in Kyokushin uh, karate, and he's a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So, I, I, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I neglected good. to mention that I just really support what he stands for. I love how he supported his sister throughout her hard time. He's overcome a lot in his own life. Uh, the New York kid coming to Dallas, I'm here for it. Uh, I I think you got a chance. Yeah, we all for it. All right. Double thumbs. Let me give you some more info here now. Uriah hasn't fought in almost a year. That like, bum. By the time no. this fight- <laughs> oh, in that case, what you come on down here? It, it will have been a year since the last time he stepped into the octagon. And like his, his last two fights were against guys who probably weren't the same caliber even as Anderson even now. So yeah. we, we got a case of some ring rust. Stepping in on Uriah's part. Anderson's been, I would say, fairly active since that time. So I think this is a great matchup for Anderson, man. I'm really interested in seeing what the odds are going to look like. Yeah, me too. So some of the things though it hasn't been Uriah's fault though. Like the last fight was a uh, was 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 called because of either COVID or, or COVID. some other in injury or something like that. So you know Uriah Hall has been out of the out, out of the cage for a while, but it's it's you know it's it's been a lot of freak things that's going on that, that that's <laughs> yeah, keeping man. him out of the game wait what <laughs> probably Actually, shouldn't have said freak Paul things was supposed to fight yoel romero on the 22nd last week oh god uh, romero when... pulled out for undisclosed reasons yeah well, sometimes god just looks at your circumstance and he pulls you out won't he do it <laughs> won't he do it <laughs> I can see Look that. at God. You want this you want this Yoel Romero fight? No. No. Hey, doing this weekend. No, no. He's like, he's like, you want this Rom- R- Yoel Romero fight? Uh Uriah Hall's like, yeah. And then God steps in. No. No. <laughs> Look, sometimes the biggest blessing is the unanswered prayer. <laughs> well, let's go into it. You know, the UFC is 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 an uh, um, uh, is a uh, a promotion on a mission they have what what is that what is that song it's like a it's like a 70s or 80s song you know they got they got 25 miles to go you know the, oh I, I, i'm gonna have to find it it's <laughs> I love you hanging they like, got a long way to go in a short time to get there which is a different song but i just can't give up now i've come too far from where i started from oh my gosh we we singing gospels here <laughs> 
Um, so there is another fight this weekend. UFC Vegas 9. There it is. Overeem versus Sakai. Let's get into it with the fight card. All right, there we go. I I, I done ruined the, the 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 intros to the segments. Um, That's the first time I've actually heard the intros. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> UFC on Vegas night, Overeem versus Sakai, September fifth, twenty twenty. That is this weekend. UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have five fights on the card. Tiago Moises versus Jay Jalen Turner. You got Zalim, Amadi. Amadaev, there we go. Amadaev uh, versus Michael Pereira. You got Carol Rosa versus Sajara Eubanks, and we know her. Um, Alonzo Menafield versus Ovin St. Proof. And in the ma- don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I see you picking. I hear that atomic dog playing in the background. I hear it. I hear it. All right. Well, Ryan was the bros be watching the show. You're going to end up getting caught. Like, you. <laughs> don't do it Atomic. And <laughs> in the main event of the evening Alistair Overeem versus Augusta Sakai so let's go flash fight picks on Alonzo Menafield, the co-main event versus Ovin St. Pru and Alistair Overeem in the main event versus Augusta Sakai so coach Alonzo Menafield versus Ovin St. Pru is Ovin St. Pru going to get back on his winning ways or is it just going to be another one of those disappointing fights to watch i love osp um i think he is a wonderful fighter alonzo minifield is about to have a great night Woo! that's all i'm gonna say uh to to all those those people out there that wear wear purple and gold come out and support support osp but don't be upset for what alonzo does just saying (laughs) All right, Kalechi. Are they fighting at 205 or heavyweight? So they're fighting at 205. I'm a predictive miracle right now. Y'all write it down. Oh, boy. OSP by Von Flute. <laughs> it, it could happen. Wow. It could happen. And that's the only way he gets back to his winning columns. John Keats. Um, we talked about the end of the of the slow starters, and OSP is one of the slowest starters we got in the UFC. I think Alonzo is gonna gonna have a good night too. Well, I am honor bound to pick Ovin St. Prue. <laughs> so uh, you know, be out, dog. That's all I gotta say. Um He's gonna and- be out, all right. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen Alonzo Minifield? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Come on, bro. We got it. We, we, we got to do that, it. Man. Don't laugh at that, Brian. Just ignore us. We, we, ain't, we ain't right in the head, man. Y'all, y'all ain't right. All right. Damn. In the main event of the evening, Alistair Overeem versus Augusta Sakai. John Keys. You got the demolition, man? I think this is going to be the first time that I'm actually going to say no. I've always been a, a demolition. I've always been behind demolition, man. But guess what? It's time, dude. 
Call up Mike Tyson. Say you want to fight. You you want to fight Fedor. He'll let you do it, man. Okay. Uh, uh, Augusta is gonna come in there, and it's gonna be. I'll give it by decision. All right, Kalechi. I am honor bound to always and forever. Each moment he fights. Always and forever. forever. I'll always choose against you, <laughs> Alistair Overeem. <laughs> Coach. Dude, I'm, I'm going with the old man. Reem. Uh, I want to so bad, but I know it's my heart is going to break. So if what I choose I'm, him, he's going to break my heart, dude. Okay. <laughs> Augusto is like 15 and 1. I mean, he's no slouch, but I don't know who he's fought. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, John, what I was hearing you say. To get there. What's so that? What I'm hearing you say is, my mind's telling me no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not going there with you. Nope, nope. No, no, no. No, no. no. I don't see nothing not wrong not. with a little overing. No, no. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not giving him any shine. Zero. <laughs> well, also, I'm I would like Augusto. to clarify he, this is water. He had a win over Blagoy Ivanov. I think we've seen him. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a pretty decent win. That's a solid win. Um, Marcin Tadur, Arlovsky, mm-hmm. and Chase Sherman. So uh, all those were, were wins he had. Uh, two TKOs, two split decisions in the in his last four fights. Right. So, He's he's fought some decent talent, so it's you know this is a step up for him in Overeem. But again, Overeem is of that 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 Masters division class at this point in his career, so we shall see. But I'm still going with the ring, man. Sometimes the old man can get it done. For the most part, I like to think that these new class of fighters handles their business. But you know, every now and then, one of these guys from the Masters division will step up and put your lights out. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Augusta Sakai. Um, I, 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 I do. It seems like every time I pick Alistair Overeem, he loses. Every time I pick against him, he wins. So I'm going to just. How dare you? You better pick Overeem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I want him to win. So I'm picking Sakai. Uh, all right. Well, follow us on social media on Instagram. I'm at. Comp- whoa, 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 whoa. What you got, You're man? missing two things, man. What? We didn't talk about Platinum Mike Perry tonight. Don't nobody want to talk about Platinum Mike Perry. I, I would like to hear about Platinum Mike Perry. <laughs> Platinum Mike Perry would like to hear about Platinum exactly. Mike Perry. Exactly. Don't have Platinum run up on you, dude. You know, he's crazy. You know, okay. he, he is slowly okay. becoming the ODB of the MMA world. He's, he's, t- he's trying to take like he's uh, a crazy horse's place. <laughs> All right. He's trying. So, so okay. Platinum Mike Perry shared a make a death witch list. Um, and so basically, <laughs> he's talking smack to eight fighters. And he says all eight of these fighters have made the same death wish to die at the hands of Platinum Mike Perry in the cage. And Mike is happy to grant that wish. And so it's a picture of Nico Price, Nicholas Dalby, Daniel Rodriguez, Emil Meek. I, I I don't know what he's doing by calling out Kamzat Chimaev. Uh, Michael Pereira, Manur Lazez, and Darren Till. Time of death to be announced. 
this is Mike Perry's way of calling out all of these fighters. And I mean, it's, you know, on the trash talk game, I, I have to give it some respect. Murder, I still love it like that. <laughs> but um, but I mean, but let's 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 face it though. Like like Mike Perry is in this weird part of his career where I don't see upward mobility towards a championship fight. So he's kind of got, and 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 he's also exhibiting behavior, uh, you know, that could suggest that he may be having some issues i am not a therapist but i can say that this behavior that he's presented over the last month is really indicative of bipolar 2 manic episode uh the problem that i'm seeing with this is that the ufc continues to enable this like this is fairly innocuous for a fighter to throw out like hey i want to fight you but let's be let's be extremely clear here my man's talking about killing people, not fighting people. And in his mental state, like he may not be joking. Yeah, that's the that's the it's kind of like that Key and Peel you know episode <laughs> where he's he's talking smack, and then it's like, no, I really am gonna do this. He's like, no, you you just figuratively mean, no, no, <laughs> like, I no. this is <laughs> the plan. Like, uh, so yeah, before I could take this lightly, I'm gonna need him to clarify. Yeah, <laughs> because this is just dangerous talk. So so yeah, it, th- I I thought that for runtime of the show we could skip over it, but yeah, that's that's what the story is. M- Mike Perry dropping some major trash talking on eight fighters, um, most of which I don't have him uh, with a, with a snowball's chance winning. If they die in the ring, is it premeditated murder? <laughs> if he dies, he, he dies. dies. He <laughs> Okay, one last piece of trivia. Did you know that uh, Sylvester Stallone is talking about taking out the robot scene when he gives Polly the big robot in the director's cut of Rocky IV? Why? Why? Because it's a dumb scene. But, you know, it's it's a classic scene. It's a classic. So people are trying to stop it, but, you know. All right. Are you are are, are you are you content, Mr. Keys? Did, Did I do the story justice? You did, but you, it, it, it could have been done better. But I'll let you slide. <laughs> because, you know, They're it, real it, it, You know, it, we we you know, it is what it is. I guess. All right. I, guess. I apologize. I will endeavor to do better the next time. All Follow right. us on social media on on Instagram. <laughs> I'm at Combat Sports Talk. Oh, uh, I'm John at Keys. Keys to Victory, and that's Keys with an E S. Collect you. I am at obfuscated, and that is spelled O B F U S C. Not sure. Oh, the wow. number eight T E D. In my defense, I'm terrible. And coach, <laughs> you can find me at uh, dark dark side underscore Muay Thai underscore. You can find us on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com. Check out our merchandise link. You can get a shirt. Like one that Coach is wearing. Um, it's a Combat Sports Talk original logo tee. Um, shout out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group, where a lot of these conversations begin. Follow us on any one of these platforms that we have up here on the screen. 
that's for those listening, that's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Periscope, and Spotify. On behalf of John Keys, George Starworth. Oh yeah, let's wish let's wish John Keys a happy birthday on the happy show. Happy birthday. Yeah, it's, it's officially No, September you you know how 1st. we got to do it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. We all off, but uh, yeah, chapter 45 came to a close, and now we open up to chapter 46 in the life. Are we all glad about 45 coming to a close? Can we get an amen? Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he does it. We're not, won't he do it? Hope he does it. Um, Hey, real quick then, while we on other subjects, (laughs) you know, so I, 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 I guess taking a more serious note, the Jacob Blake incident. I don't know if you guys have had a, a chance to digest that or anything yeah. like that. Um, maybe we can do it off the show afterwards or whatever. But you know, I, I, you know, I was just wondering how you guys felt about that and what you've seen so far. Um, are you reserving judgment for what you've seen so far and and those kind of things? But anyway, we can decide that now, after later, whatever. We're, All right, we're gonna do it after the bell. Let's do it after the bell. Let's yeah, and Let's y'all know me. This is like my I I live and breathe this as part of my job. So. Uh, as much as it pains me to to have to stay up to, to speed on these type of issues, I'm, uh, and this goes for anyone on the, uh, the listening, I am always happy to, not happy, I'm always willing to engage in, in, in fruitful conversations around some of these uh, more pertinent social issues that we're, we're going through. I mean, we're in a tumultuous time, right? Like, so some of this, all of this has been happening for the longest it, it absolutely has. But I think we have to be prepared to have meaningful conversations that, that aren't just about digesting what we've seen, but moving us forward. Uh, and, and I'd say that part of my life's mission is to be an amplifier for the voices of those who, who aren't able to be heard. So um, I, I want to know more stories about um, how people are dealing with this and, and, and be a resource to those uh, who, who need to find a way to navigate this in a, in a healthy way. Oh.